Hey everybody! Welcome to Tara and Andrew vs. The Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. I'm Tara. Hi, I'm Andrew. This is part 49 of our 3,726 part series, wherein we choose a movie completely at random from the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide, watch it, do some research, and tell you what we thought and learned. So we have one rule for this podcast, as long as the movie is one that neither of us have seen, we are obligated and honor-bound to watch it, and there are a few exceptions to that, but we will burn that bridge when we come to it. Last time we watched Videograms of a Revolution, a really fascinating documentary about the Romanian Revolution of 1989. That was my pick. I finally picked a good one. It's, it's not all demon lovers and fucking... Hellbenders? Hellbenders is good. It was fine. Yeah, no, it was good. I don't remember which one of us picked that, so I shouldn't cast aspersions on you. I'd say that <laughs> I, I, just I like have the many only... other worse movies. Oh yeah, can... that was just the only thing that came to mind for uh, some reason. It's Pink Flamingos, which, I mean... Well, was that's kind of like a impossible a, to rate movie. It is. We, could not, we did not rate it. With it being Tara's turn to pick, I will begin flipping through the guide. My eyes are closed. You just let me know when you want me to stop. Stop! Okay, so we are watching Contract Killer. From uh, 1997, it's a Hong Kong action movie starring Jet Li. Cool, yep. So Second Jet Li movie of the series. Yeah. Second and final. We are done after this episode. No more Goodbye, Jet Li everybody. movies. <laughs> the write-up in the guide says that Jet Li is a country boy who comes... Not a city boy. Nope, he's a country boy who comes to Hong Kong to become an assassin. And Eric Sang is the failed pro who bluffs his way into becoming his agent. Lee carries this often forced action comedy okay, great. Oh boy. Uh, by sheer good-natured charm. He finds that his only problem is that he's just too darn nice for the job. <laughs> but the best moments belong to a collection of absurd parodies introduced in the opening scenes. Hilarious versions of La Femme Nikita and Leon from The Professional, complete with potted plant, show their stuff as they compete with assassins from all over Asia for a big money hit. Wow. Director Tung Wai can't sustain that tone, which collapses in a city mouse, country mouse tale that straddles comedy and tragedy with mixed success. But Lee is a marvel in action. Alright. Yeah, I mean, yeah. could be worse. It's Could be unbearable, and it doesn't sound like this is going to be unbearable. Yeah. So, but, I'm not expecting this is going to blow my mind. No. But they, they, it should be fairly entertaining. They've done a pretty good job of setting expectations, I yeah. think. Shall we yeah. do some... Calibration. 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 Which is where we kind of try to give some expectation of where we think our opinions might fall, talk about what other movies in the genre we've seen. I mean, a comedy, fish out of water, comedy, martial arts. Yeah. Like, Rush Hour is the obvious comparison. Which I've not seen. I've, uh, yeah, I've seen it, like. 20 years ago now, seems like. So you're an expert. I'm, I'm yeah, well, yeah. well-versed in yeah. the ins and outs of... Well, no wonder why you've got that sleeve on your arm, like the tattoo. <laughs> uh, uh, it's, it's like Rush Hour-themed sleeve. Brett Ratner designed it, actually, yeah. so it's uh, well, it's, it's very, it. very special to me. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. It... I can't say I've really watched many movies um, in what? this genre. Fighting, like, fighting movies? Yeah, not too many fight movies. Like, like when I was little and I was thinking that I was going to become yeah, a karate. Yeah, I did. Uh, not a kung fu artist, but I, I was taking karate for a very brief period of time. I watched my fair share of awful 
martial arts movies. It seems like this probably is going to be a step above many of those, just by virtue of having Jet Li. In oh it. yeah. So, uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, we both enjoyed Jet Li in Once Upon a Time in China. Yeah, and as always, we are going with the route of cautious optimism that yeah. has failed us so many times. I'm always happy to see a movie set in Hong Kong. Yeah. And so is Arthur. Our... So is Arthur. Arthur is a well-traveled cat, and I'm going to smuggle him with me next time I go to Hong Kong. He's going to love that. Oh, yeah. Cats love 13-hour flights. Just that one fact alone, that's all you need to know. Yep. It's in the cat handbooks. Oh, yeah. Take him on a plane. That's the first thing they say. <laughs> Take get, him on the longest plane where you can. Get these guys on a plane immediately. <laughs> um, so, yeah. We'll be back after this musical interlude with our thoughts and opinions on Contract Killer. So we uh, we have finished watching the Contract Killer, or as it is uh, more commonly known now, Hitman. What I saw, I forget which is which, but like one of them really refers to the original movie, and the other one is the American edit hmm. that's been dubbed. Interesting. So whichever is which, we saw the original. Yeah, the full full the version. Full version that's not been dubbed, that has not had rap music added. Yeah. Let's just get into our pre-plot discussion reading. So, as always, our point scale ranges uh, from worst to best. Don't watch. Maybe don't watch. Eh, maybe watch. And don't not watch. So, do you have a reading in mind? I do. Do you have a reading? Yes. Okay. I do. So, on the count of three. One. Two. two. Uh, I think I was warmer on the movie the first time we watched it. I totally was as well. But having now seen it two and a half times, we we watched it at uh, like 1.6 speed just before we started recording to give ourselves a little refresher. Uh, Yeah, watching it again, some stuff just doesn't hold up too well. Yeah, there are definitely um, sections of the movie that drag quite a lot. Yeah. So that was helped significantly by watching it at 1.6 yeah. speed. Yeah. So, should I just start and go yeah, through go a little bit? It. Okay. So, the movie opens up with this real dirtbag getting murdered by the Angel of Death, who is this hitman that has become well known in Southeast Asia for killing those who deserve to be killed. And so, at the very beginning of the movie, we see him shooting this. Really uh, na- nasty old piece of shit who definitely deserves to be killed as far as we can tell. Oh yeah, he's talking really, really grossly about raping Chinese women during one of the wars between Japan and China. Yeah. So he gets shot and his will apparently had some provision in it that said that if he was murdered, there would be a reward to go after whoever it was, uh, to hunt down whoever it was that had killed him. There's a, a meeting of various hitmen or contract killers, uh, as you as you will, and uh, Jet Li manages to wrangle his way into that meeting despite being a pretty lousy hitman. He's like living in an apartment with five other dudes, and 
he's like very not well off helping people rather than killing them and so he goes to this meeting and norman uh who has an invitation to be part of the, the gathering of, of hitmen sees jetly getting held up at the entrance and is like oh no no he's with me he's uh he's famous he's a famous killer never mind the fact that he smells bad and looks scruffy and shit it's all part of his way of throwing people off the scent yeah which you know it doesn't quite seem logical to make yourself smelly to throw no. people off your scent yeah seems you, like you'd you, attract you think, attention yeah well you think people will be following your scent just by sheer grossness yeah norman essentially takes gently under his wing and is like okay i'm gonna help you become this amazing contract killer we're gonna figure out who it is who did this let's go first off and get you some new clothes and hilarity ensues just a, a montage clothes changing scene or outfit trying out scene yeah just like pretty woman and so the two of them are hanging out. Norman lets Jetly know, oh, hey, I've got this assignment for us. Just, like, sort of a way to um, see what he's got on offer, like, for Norman to assess Jetly's skills, really. So they go to this amusement park, and instead of killing the target, Jetly ends up protecting the guy because he has a kid who's there. So when Jetly is unable to kill the target, um... He instead ends up protecting the guy from other assassins who show up on the scene to take him out. And because they were at the scene, they're taken into the police station for questioning. Norman's daughter shows up and bails them out. Turns out she's a lawyer and she's very much unhappy with her dad's dealings. She gets her dad and her boyfriend and they're heading out and Norman tells Jetly. Okay, so here, uh, I want my pager back, and I'll call you later. Basically, he's trying to find a way to just uh, get, just distance himself, and he realizes that Jet Li is not the killer that he thought he was. Yeah. So he's like, oh, shit, well, I, I've wasted all this time and all this money. Well, he gets home, and da-da-da-da, Jet Li's there. He managed to follow him, somehow follow him, but also end up in his apartment yeah. earlier than Norman... And also in a change of clothes. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> He's like thoroughly made himself at home. Okay. So none of it makes sense. We're going to be getting back to some uh, plot inconsistencies yeah. in, a little, in a little bit. There, there's some that, plot inconsistencies. Yeah, there's one. There's one. So, uh, yeah, Jet, and I think in, rather than keep saying Jet Li, Jet Li's character's name is Fred, which is Oh, yeah, Fred. Weird. Thank so, you. I forgot what his name was. They, for the subtitled version, they just like gave everybody very American first names. I'm like, that's yeah. kind of strange, but okay. Yeah, so like Norman's daughter is <laughs> named Kelly. Yeah. So anyway, uh, Fred is at the apartment with Norman and uh, Kelly shows up and takes him out. It's like, I need to talk to you about my dad. Let's go. And they go ice skating. And she's like, yeah, my dad was not there for me. And I know that he is inclined to get up to criminal stuff. So I want you to kind of promise me that you will tell me whatever it is when he's up to no good. You, you keep me in the loop. And Fred is like, uh, okay. And he's just, he's very kind of easygoing. And so he just does whatever somebody tells him to, it seems like, yeah. throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. He doesn't really have Apart from being, like, a nice guy who's kind of not well off, but still somehow thought he could be a hitman, like, he doesn't have very much personality of his own. Yeah, no. He, he doesn't do a lot of talking. No. Just like, oh, I'm really hungry. 
I have no money. I think I can kill people, but I can't because I'm too nice. Yeah. Like, that's, that's him. And that's he the entire... fight very much in the movie, really. No, not very much. Like, uh, a little bit here and there, but it's not really until the end yeah. uh, that he does much fighting. Yeah. So, the, the gang of uh, hitmen um, are being kind of overseen by the fund manager uh, who worked for the guy that got killed at the beginning of the movie. And he called... Uh, Martin? So the- Sukamoto or something like that is the family. So um, the fund manager calls them in. Yeah, he's like, I, I've got some important information for you. It's going to cost you, but uh, it, it'll be very helpful for you to know this. And so they hand over some amount of some money. amount of money. It's weird. Like the currency is not clear. Like when they, it always seems like it's fluctuating. But yeah, um, probably Hong Kong dollars. But who knows? Yeah. Uh, so he, they give him the money and then he's like yeah there, there's some kind of money found in the corpse of uh the guy who was murdered at the beginning of the movie and then it's not money that's worth anything anymore and but they are able to, to track it down by the serial numbers and so norman is starting to get kind of antsy when he realizes that they've found this banknote because he had been hired to kill the guy that gets killed at the beginning of the movie the creepy Japanese dude. The creepy Japanese dude, yes. And he's telling Fred that it was this guy who didn't seem like the sort of person to normally hire hitmen or anything. And so Norman wasn't sure that he was going to be able to do it. So he just gave the old man his bank information and was like, when you see that this Japanese dude is dead in the newspaper, just transfer the money through. And uh, then the angel of death kills the Japanese guy and the old man... Wires the money over. Wires the money in. over, yeah. And yeah. so they're tracking down like the, the old man who Norman had been dealing with. They realize that he's the, the origin of these banknotes. And then they also realize, looking at his financial transactions, that the old guy had sent Norman this money. And so they jump to the conclusion, which is not really jumping. I think no. it's a fair assessment, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but they, they determine that because of this, Norman is the, the angel of death. And so they the, the family of the the japanese dirtbag go all out to hunt him down and, and try to kill him in retaliation and to claim the the money that's yeah, at themselves. stakes yeah which you know considering it's his grandson it's kind of a you think he'd get the money anyway yeah that's... so like that part of it doesn't make any sense to me no it's just like i can understand him wanting to get revenge because he seems like that kind of guy um, like when we first were introduced to the, the old Japanese dude's grandson, he's he's paying his respects to his grandfather's ashes in this like very stately room mm-hmm. with all these candles and with his own dad there. So the the grandson uh, is this guy named Eiji and he <laughs> breaks open the urn, grabs a handful of grandpa's ashes and just swallows them down happily and decides he's imbued with grandpa's energy. Yeah, his soul. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like, that kind of guy. He doesn't seem like the kind of guy who's just like, you know what? I'm gonna kill the guy who killed my grandpa to get this money. It, it seems like he'd actually go to kill the guy because he wanted to avenge his grandfather's murder. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, so weird. So. So, again, another one of those, like, weird seeming plot holes that we we noticed yeah. watching the movie two times. So Norman um, admits to Fred that this is the whole reason he actually signed up to find the guy who killed the old Japanese dude in the first place. He wanted to know if they figured he he was the angel of death 
And um, obviously that is the case. And so he's shitting his pants and (laughs) hiding at his apartment with Fred when they see on the news that one of his old apartments had caught fire. Um, And so he's like, oh, shit. They know. They know. They're on to me. And at that moment, his building loses all power. Um, Some of the Japanese grandsons dudes are there uh, trying to take them out. They manage to barely escape. Um, And there's like a fight scene and elevator shafts. And there's uh, this one lackey who's got these rings that shoot laser beams into people's eyes. And Uh like... Um, which you think would be a, a really good way to distract people. I think he's also got lasers on the toes of his shoes. Yeah. So it's like as he kicks and punches, yeah. um, he's able to disorient the people he's fighting with. But the way it's filmed, it just looks doofy more than anything. It's, it's re- just like such a, a a dorky look. Yeah, it's like he's trying to cast a spell or something when he does it. And it's very yeah, dr- like, like a dramatic, <sighs> like fingers splayed out and then the light flashes. And so it's very... Very cartoonish. Very cartoonish. Yeah. yeah. So Fred and Norman escape, and then they're down on the waterfront, and Norman is, like, saying, like, I need to just go talk to the uh, the fund manager and let him know, to the family, and tell them what's going on, you know, try to explain. And he just, like, try to explain the whole thing. Try to explain that I'm not the angel of death, and, you know, if they kill me, so be it, but it's the only thing I can do at this point. And so they, they go back to the building, and... Fred is with them to just provide moral support or something. And to, like, back up the bits that he's aware of, I guess. Yeah. They pretend, like, they think that Norman is the the angel of death at first. Fred does. And he's like, well, here he is. I brought him. I'll I'll shoot him. Let me shoot him in the guts. And then, so he, he shoots him. Pretends to shoot Norman. And the fund manager is like, no, I can't get to the money for some reason. I don't even know why it was. He doesn't was. even really explain it. Yeah, he's like, I can't get you the money. It's and the agent. It's like, I need the grandson to give the code. He's got to be the one to enter it or something. Uh, was it even that? I couldn't even gather that I much from know. it. I don't know. That's kind of what I thought he was saying, yeah. but I could be totally, totally wrong. Yeah, I mean. Uh, um, when I was looking at the like another plot summary online, it was saying that the grandson had changed the terms so that no matter what he got the money, like no matter who that, killed the contract killer. That explains why he says something to that effect too. Yeah. Like, no, the money is mine no matter what or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. That is not explained very well. It's really not explained well. Several things are not explained very well. But uh, AG reveals himself. He's like, no, the money is mine and let's all fight now. And... <laughs> yeah, basically. So they're they're fighting, and then Norman and Fred, who have kind of identified that the Angel of Death is actually the police chief, or that had arrested them earlier in the movie, they they uncovered that he's the Angel of Death. Uh, just like very randomly determined yeah. this, they're, they're like, "Oh wait, you know Norman isn't the Angel of Death. That must mean that you are the Angel of Death." Yeah, it's like uh, uh... that's uh, quite the the leap in logic there for real especially because like throughout the movie we see that the police department is using this uh really slow photo matching system to try to identify the killer yeah and so they go back and they're they're taking footage of every single person who had entered the building and matching it against a picture of the the murderer to try and see like who it was because obviously whoever did the killing 
knew where the cameras were and all this um, in the building. So they'd obviously scoped it out not long before the murder. And so, like, you see that the the system identifies the police inspector right about at this time. And he's, like, dressed up as a serviceman, but it's very clearly him. It's, like, why these two people now have just decided it be- because the police inspector knows that Norman didn't kill the Japanese dude. But that it, means... It's, that, like, such a flimsy, yeah, flimsy like, explanation. Yeah, and, and then, you know, the, the police guy doesn't deny. He's just like, oh, you got me. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just immediately admits to it like oh that's not a good way to keep your uh, identity secret just put up some resistance at yeah least. But, at least feign some resistance yeah um but <laughs> like they, oh shoot yeah you figured it out yeah well, good job um so they, they've all teamed up and part of it when norman and fred went there is that they had called the uh, angel of death to kind of back them up um and so he busts in through the ceiling or something and then Everybody starts fighting, and Mr. Flashy Hands and Shoes is, like, trying to blind people as he fights them. And, and uh, when Fred is fighting him, he <laughs> realizes the easy way to, to counter that particular trick is to just turn his head away. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, that's uh, not such a great trick when you can just <laughs> move your head slightly and not For real. really be affected by it too much. <laughs> Uh, it's it's like effective the first time yeah. you fight the dude, or like like the first time he uses the lasers on you. Yeah. After that, it's like, oh yeah, I can just divert my eyes. <laughs> yeah, it's the kind of thing that like when I thought that I when I was maybe twelve or so, I read a lot of comic books, and I'm like, I'm gonna be a superhero, and that would be the kind of thing that I thought that I would do when I was gonna become a superhero. Right. I'm like, I'm gonna get lights that I'll blind them with, and then I'll like throw powder in their faces. <laughs> Like, uh, no, that's, uh, that, that would have been, that would have been dead, first of all, when I tried to do that to something, <laughs> but apparently it worked out for this guy, so, I mean, he was, uh, he was a big dude, so. He's, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but they all fight, uh, AG ends up getting killed and paled on his own sword, uh, after fighting with Fred, and then the fund manager, Martin, is like, well, let's work something out, you know, we'll figure out, we'll make up a story to make it look like AG was actually the angel of death. And, uh, that way we can say that you killed him and that you can get the money for it. And then they're like, all right, we'll hash out the details later. It's like, why not just hash out the details? I mean, it seems like the details are hashed out right it now. It seems like you've got the details. What he just said, <laughs> yeah, just do that. But they're like, well, we'll talk about this later. And then it cuts to them all on a boats in there uh saying all right well here's your uh money that i have converted into shares of coca-cola so you're all millionaires now yeah Um, (laughs) uh, coca-cola like out of nowhere oh by the way you got coca-cola shares (laughs) product placement yeah very very subtle yeah no i mean not even subtle just like weird weird product placement (laughs) yeah um and so they are like, oh, we we did it. We're rich. And, let's, <laughs> let's and also Norman's daughter is now in love with with Fred. Yeah. And she's his agent. Ha ha ha. It's a happy ending for everybody. And then uh, the police captain is like, I'm not going to be the angel of death anymore. And Fred is Fred, like. Fred, you should. And Fred's like, well, no, I'm not very good at killing. And the police captain's like well it'll be easy for you to do if you're killing the right people like hmm if you're killing people who deserve it yeah 
And then Fred's like, well, why don't we just have all three of us be angels of death? Then the end. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, obviously trying to set up a sequel where the three of them are off, like, murdering yeah. people. But, but I don't think it ever, there were no follow-up movies in the series. No. Nope. It's just... It was a one and done. A one and done, yeah. <laughs> be the three stooges of Hitman. Yeah. Um, it's like, in which three did he mean? Did he mean, like... Him, the police inspector, and Norman? Yeah, I think so. Like, Norman, Norman didn't, sh- didn't shoot anybody. No, he, he... He just has, like, book smarts. Literally, he's got a couple of books that he says contain all the information needed to know how to kill somebody. So he's going to be useless as one of the three angels of death. He's just going to be there for comic uh-huh. relief, I guess. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, so... That was, like, one of the other things about the movie. So I, I think I mentioned earlier that it definitely dragged in places. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some plot holes, and then on top of it, it's like the tone changed Yeah. quite a bit at several times. Yeah. At several points in the movie. Yeah, like, they're playing up Jet Li's, you know, stinginess with money, like, for laughs at various points. Like, he's... But, he, but also, he's, like, saving money to buy his mother a house, but it's still, like, that element of his character is, like, a, a joke. Right. Even though that's his underlying motive. It's like, yeah, I mean, the the humor is pretty inconsistent. Yeah, for I would, sure. I would say. Um, there, there's a couple of funny things. Yeah, I agree. There are, there are a few um, okay jokes. Yeah, like when Norman is trying to... Uh, when he realizes that Fred is staying with him, then the door shuts to yes. Fred's bedroom. He's like, oh, God, what am I going to do? And then Fred and opens the door. He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm so, so happy. happy. He's, he's living here. here. Just... The way he, he like supposedly is also this criminal guy, but he is trying to maintain like this civility toward Fred. Yeah. When he clearly just like wants to fire him. Yeah. Like he, he can't come out and say you're fired. He just, like, puts up with it. He's like, oh, well, he's followed me, so therefore I guess I'm stuck with this guy now. Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. So let's uh, go back to our, our, our ratings, our yeah. mutual eh. Uh, like, mutual eh. Uh. What did you like about the movie? Well, I think, like you said, there there were um, those little bits of humor. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that scene in particular between Norman and Fred. And I think in general, their relationship is pretty, um, was most entertaining to watch. Yeah. Out of anything in the movie. Yeah. Um, and of course, Jet Li is a good fighterman. Yeah. So. He's a good fighterman. The fight scenes are not great, I felt. No, they're not. There's like a lot of needless editing, it felt like. Like, it's the Bohemian Rhapsody of, uh, of Hong Kong action movies. (laughs) Uh. It's going to be a timely reference that ages well, but I think if you've seen that that clip from Bohemian Rhapsody where there's like 80 cuts in the one scene where they're talking to somebody over breakfast, like in a very short scene. It just... I never saw it. Okay. So, no. Well, I will edit that out then. But the, <laughs> the, it's just like they're very heavy handed with the, the editing uh, to the yeah. point where like the fight scenes don't seem to flow particularly well like if you're wanting to see Jet Li in action you want to see him in action you don't want to see like these cuts you just want to see like him do his thing in one for real go. for real and instead it's just cutting to close-ups of various elements of the fight and just it, it is yeah the fighting in this movie is not that great compared to I think 
what one would expect from a Jet Li movie. Yeah. And, yeah, just, like, the editing in general, I, I think, is really poor. There's some shots that are good, and I think, like, overall, like, the framing of, of the shots is good a lot of the time. Visually, it looks nice. It's just that it's right. jumping around so much with the editing, it's hard to really appreciate that sometimes. Yeah, um, sure. I think the premise, too, like, I think it, the story itself, as long as they resolved those plot holes that yeah. we identified or things that maybe weren't translated well in the version we saw. Yeah. Like, it's a good premise. That whole thing is yeah. could make for, like, a really good movie. So... Yeah, just not this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, like, the, the plot holes. Like, with the, the whole thing with, like, the banknote being found in the Japanese dude's body. Like... Right. Who put that there? Because we know that exactly. Norman had access to the banknotes, theoretically. Yeah, Norman had access. He could have taken them from the old guy who wanted to kill the Japanese man. Yeah. Because his family had been murdered by him during the war. Yeah. Which I don't know that we mentioned. We, uh, yeah, I don't think we did. Um, so that's why he wanted the, the Japanese guy killed. But uh, he had this suitcase of old money that he showed Norman and was like, I'll pay you with this. And Norman was like, oh, I can't do this. Um, but... The movie says that the old guy sold all the banknotes to get like $2,000 or whatever it was. Um, So that to me would read that he had none of those notes left. Then how did the angel of death get get it? And like, like, why? Yeah. So like, that's just one. I mean, maybe he was killing him for a similar reason. Like it was the opportunity because he was in Hong Kong on business but why he would think to use a banknote, like, maybe it's just a coincidence, well, was, but again, that should have been explained. It was one of the old man's banknotes, because that's how they traced oh, it to Oh, that's right! Yeah, so, yeah. Like, that's never explained in the movie how... The, maybe maybe he's the one who paid the money for the banknotes. Maybe, but then why would he put the banknote in there? And in make the it look like the old place? guy killed him, because that, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, so it, it makes no sense, and then... The scene, not so much a plot hole necessarily, but the scene towards the end when uh, Fred and Norman go to confront uh, Martin and the family. Yeah. And uh, Fred shoots Norman, and then AG reveals himself to be hiding behind the curtain or whatever, mm-hmm. and storms out, and then they're like, oh, actually, Norman's fine. Like, no, we heard a gun go off, and it looked like you were shooting him in the gut. They, they could have easily said it had, like, a bulletproof vest or something. Yeah, um, for and, sure. Like, Presumably or, or that's it could what be happened. that rusty gun that he had that Fred thought wasn't going to work. Maybe it didn't work, but it sounded like it. But again, they didn't show that. <laughs> then how would it sound like it, though? Like if it I wasn't actually... Yeah, like maybe it... Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. And like, why would Norman's daughter just suddenly fall in love with Fred? Yeah. When she was engaged to this guy right. who... Whatever, like, he seemed like a bland enough guy. Yeah, like... But still, like, there's no real reason for her to fall in love with Fred. No. Yeah, the, their interaction is very... Very brief. Very brief. Like, she bails him out of jail, and... And uh, then she tries to... Then she takes him ice skating. That whole scene was way too long. Oh, God. But even then, it's really... She's explaining sort of her history with him, and that she wants Fred to tell her everything that bad that her dad's up to. Like, again, that's not a reason for her to fall in love with him because no. she's telling him stuff. Yeah, it's it seems very just out of nowhere. Yes. So. I mean, and she's pretty, and so it's obvious 
just the way that the film shot that Fred thinks she is beautiful. But there's never any indication that it's requited. No. I guess the other, I guess the one last thing I wanted to mention with just like weird story elements is that yeah, at the very beginning we see that Fred's living with the other five hitmen in this tiny, mm-hmm. crappy apartment. Isn't being a hitman supposed to be like lucrative? And yet there's five of them living in this shitty apartment. And yeah, I mean, Fred's not killing anybody because he's so Yeah, nice. but why the others can't get money yeah, doesn't make sense. It, it's like the inverse of the John Wick universe or something. It's yeah. just like, yeah, doesn't doesn't make any sense. So many things in this movie make no sense. And it, I think why I settled on eh rather than something lower Worse. than that is mm-hmm. because it, it is entertaining. Agreed. For the first watch through, it's worth watching one time, maybe. Not watching it two times or two yeah. and a half times like Tara and I did. Yeah. Because uh, it really does not hold up too well under repeated viewings. But, eh. Yeah. So, once again, as with most foreign films uh, that are not big name films, there really was not very much extraneous information we were able to track down yeah. on the movie. Apparently... This was, uh, like, the first movie that Jet Li was able to use his real voice in. He, he was being dubbed before just, in all the yeah. movies that he was in, I guess. Which is but he weird. didn't have very many lines in this one, either. No. So. Yeah. I don't <clears throat> understand why his voice hadn't been used. Like, if, is he, no. like, just... Is it because they thought he was a bad actor? <laughs> but, I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. No. Because there wasn't anything obviously weird about his voice being used. Yeah. I mean, we don't... We can't speak the language right. ourselves, so maybe his acting was bad and we just c- couldn't tell, but right. there was nothing, like, obviously wrong with it. So, yeah. Contract killer slash hitman. There you go. There you go. We did it. We did it. We watched <laughs> it. So, uh, we would like to do a... Seamless transition into talking about uh, a great Korean variety show that we have watched hundreds of episodes of that we love a whole lot, which is Running Man. Yeah. And um, so if you're not familiar with Korean variety shows, they're kind of game showy, reality showy. I guess an analogy would be like the uh, Amazing Race, probably. The Amazing Race. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, the, the main premise is that there is this consistent group of, uh, show members. There's ranging from like seven to nine people on the show and they're all models or comedians or musicians. And they're put into these competitions against one another, um, at various locations throughout Korea. Like there's kind of scavenger hunt type things, or there's, uh, Games of hide and seek and and uh, tag kind of, but where they're competing against one another, and it is very charming, super charming, super funny. Because there is this core group of cast members, like with a lot of reality TV, a lot of American reality TV, you kind of hate everybody. A, oh a yeah, lot of times. for sure, for but, sure. But everybody here and all the main cast members on Running Man are all like just super uh, funny and and great. Like there's nobody on the show that I dislike dislike yeah even when they're purposely going out of their way to like uh deceive the other cast members or or do things that might be kind of heelish yeah at times like even when even when they're doing that you still 
they're still very likable. Yeah. Like, uh, there's this one guy, Lee Kwang Soo, who is, uh, he's really kind of the heel of the show. He betrays all the other team members at, like, the first given opportunity. And you still, you love him because he's just, like, this tall, lanky doofus. Yeah. And also he's incredibly unlucky in so many things. Like, yeah. Like, he's just so bad at stuff. He's so bad at deceiving them, too. Yeah. Like, they usually are able to see through it. Yeah, but, so. like, you know that it's coming. You know, his his heel turn is coming. Yeah. But he's, it's still very funny to see him try to do it, and then more often than not. still not get ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or just to, like, see con- things constantly going wrong for him. Or there's uh, Kim Jong-Cook, who is, like, the, the tough guy of the show, and uh, he's just the the powerhouse that everybody is afraid of. Like when they're doing mm-hmm. segments of the game, a lot of the times there's a segment where they have to tear each other's name tags off and whoever is left standing with their name tag at the end gets some prize or at least doesn't get punished. Yeah. And so like anytime they have to face off against John Cook, they're all just like terrified to try to figure out how they're going to get his name tag and teaming up in groups of like two or three to try to be able to take him down. Just there's a lot of really great dynamics that are not like immediately apparent when you first start watching but like right. after you start to get to know the characters you just it all clicks and it is a very very enjoyable experience yeah it's uh definitely one of our favorite one of our favorite shows of all time indeed and it's not easy to find i think uh you really there aren't any places where you can get the the first few hundred episodes online legitimately so as loath as we are to say, hey, go bit torrent this thing. Uh, I mean, there's no other alternative. So I think it's in a, kind in, of a if gray you're in the area. States or many other countries. Yes, let's, yes. Let's preface that. Exactly. If you Thank happen you. to be listening from South Korea, <laughs> yeah. you probably have ways of getting a hold of this. Uh, probably, yes. <laughs> um, so with our blessing, you go and use BitTorrent yeah. to, to, uh, to watch the show. Um, just don't, uh, we're, we're not going to come to your aid in court. This is not a, a legally binding. <laughs> we are not legally telling you to do something illegal. No. Wink. Wink. So. Yeah. Don't torrent don't. this show that we love. Yeah. Should I mean, we tell them where they can legitimately get more recent episodes? I don't know where they can, actually, because I think they're... Are they no longer on... No, it's not on VRV or Crunchyroll or whatever anymore. It's oh. the, Yeah, that's shut down. I, I think there is, like, a online streaming service that the main networks in Korea have kind of teamed up to an extent to have their stuff be streamable, but it's not the old episodes. It's only the, like, most recent ones, is my sure. understanding. So... When you watch through the first 400 episodes and you're needing to get caught up with the more recent ones, then I think it's Kokoa is like the, the streaming service, but they have a pretty limited selection of episodes to watch online. So there are ways that you can get it without uh, living in South Korea. So yeah, we, I'm sure if you're listening to this, you have may have some idea of how to go about that. We, If you do, we would recommend it. Yeah, it's a great show. It is a very great show. Um... And so I guess that is going to wrap it up for this episode. It is. At this time, I'd like to say thank you on behalf of the both of us to the fantastic Seattle band Boat for allowing their use of the song lately off their album, Setting the Paces. Thank you, Boat. Thank you, Boat. 
And uh, I would like to strongly encourage everybody who has access to a local video store to go out and support them to the best of your ability. If you're in Seattle, obviously, a Scarecrow video uh, is very, very deserving of your, your money. deserving. Yes, they, they've got an amazing selection of stuff. If you want to keep on top of what we're doing, episode releases, etc., um, of course, you can follow us on Facebook, Taryn Andrew versus the Scarecrow Video Movie Guide. We're also intermittently on Instagram, Tara and Andrew Versus. Uh, if you would like to check out our website where we keep all of our show notes and other links, that is Tara and Andrew Um, you can also send us an email with any thoughts or tips or, um, recommendations to Tara and Andrew Versus at gmail.com. Yeah. And speaking of intermittent updates, uh, you may notice that we have been kind of hit or miss with our scheduled episode releases uh, the, the last few episodes. And yeah, that's kind of going to be the norm from here on out. You know, we've been doing this for nearly 50, well, technically over 50 episodes, but 50 proper episodes uh, almost at, at this point. And it was fun to release it on a regular schedule at first, like it was a good challenge to meet. But I think for the both of us, just having a set deadline that we have to release stuff on got to be kind of... It started to like be a shadow. Yeah. And we don't want this to be something that we regret doing because we're trying to meet some arbitrary deadline that we put upon ourselves. Exactly. Um, we want to keep enjoying it, and hopefully that comes across to you as well. So in lieu of uh, having a set schedule, we're just going to do it on a more loose basis and hopefully the episode quality will be better for it. So yeah, yeah please bear with us with the um, inconsistent, inconsistent times. times of release, but um, hopefully it's worth it. Yeah. I mean, we're probably still going to try to aim for like around two episodes a month, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah. And so, yeah. Thank you for sticking with us so far. Thank you for hopefully continuing to stick with us, even if we're not releasing on a, a set schedule going forward. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, until next time, catch, catch you later, later potato, potato hags. hags.